this sixth session on Ephesians 1, 11 to 14, I thought I would be able to deal with the gospel, the word gospel, the meaning of gospel in one session, but the more I worked on it, the more I realized we really have to linger over this word in its context for two sessions. So, Father, as we try to understand what the good news is, how does Paul think about the good news, present the good news, encourage the good news to be embraced, guide our thoughts, because it's very embattled today, people trying to define it too narrowly, too broadly, limiting it, making it include everything. So, God, please, guide your people, guide me. We love the gospel, and we want to understand it aright in its relation to other things. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who first were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In whom you also, so we Jews, you Gentiles, you also, having heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and having believed in him, or in it could be translated, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession that is, the church, God's possession, to the praise of his glory. So what I want to do in this session is simply talk about word of truth and your salvation, and then next time focus on the very word, euangelion, from which we get evangelize, gospel. Why does Paul call it the word of truth? Because when you look up the word, the, the word truth in Paul, it's used 55 times. It is a very broad word. Truth in the widest sense. It doesn't have any particular focus on the gospel. God is God of truth. Jesus is truth. Truth about all kinds of things. This is a very broad word in Paul, just like it is for us. So why does he call it the word of truth. It's obvious that the gospel is true, otherwise he wouldn't even commend it. Is he just saying it's true and not false? Well, at least that, yes. But probably, since this word is so broadly used, and that would seem to be so innocuous here to just say it's a true gospel, I suspect Paul means the word of the truth, like Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. I am the truth. In John 14, 16, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the fact that this is spoken by Jesus is seemingly reflected in Ephesians like this over in chapter 4. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, 
as the truth is in Jesus. That's an amazing statement, isn't it? The truth is in Jesus. Like we saw earlier in Ephesians 1, where all things, all things are to be summed up in him. So he is the truth. The sum of all truth is in Jesus. So when it says here, you heard the word of truth, probably there's more going on in the bigness and the particularity of this word truth in relation to Jesus than just saying the gospel is true. Another, another aspect, perhaps, of the word of truth is to say the, the gospel in Paul's day was just as embattled as it is in our day, and he said things over in Galatians, for example, when he said, I want to preserve for you the truth of the gospel, meaning get it right. Don't distort the gospel by stirring in things like circumcision as a requirement for salvation. That's untrue about the gospel. So this word right here probably also means you heard the gospel rightly. You heard a right and good and pure presentation of the gospel. So that's the first thing, the word of truth. And the, the only other thing I want to look at here is of your salvation. Saved from what? Salvation from what? Good news. You know, gospel means good news. There's a news dimension to the gospel. What's the news about saved? Salvation from what? And in this sentence from 1, 3 to 14, there has been one thing explicit mentioned, namely right here in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, namely the forgiveness of our trespasses. That's the fundamental thing we need to be saved from. Sin. Sins. You know, sometimes my wife and I made a practice actually for years, decades, I would say, of kneeling at our bedside because we live in, a, in an inner city neighborhood and it, it's gone through phases. And we used to ask for protection and we would say, God, protect us from sin. Protect us from Satan. Protect us from sickness. And protect us from sabotage. And I put them all in S's. I mean, this could be violence. Anything that comes from outside, however you spell sabotage. <laughs> you know, what's peculiar about that list is that only one of those four can damn you. Send you to hell. Satan can't send you to hell. Sickness can't send you to hell. Sabotage can't send you to hell. The only thing that sends people to hell is unforgiven sin. Isn't that amazing? This is our worst enemy. I love this because there are many people that are tormented by the evil one. I mean, really, they see bizarre things, and he does bizarre things. And I want to say, you know, he can't, he can't damn you. Getting sick can't damn you. 
being killed by a terrorist can't damn you, but if your sins are unforgiven, you'll go to hell. So this is at the heart of the gospel. This is our greatest enemy, forgiveness of sins. Why is it our greatest enemy? Because, as we'll see just a few verses later, you were dead in your trespasses. What's the problem? In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the power, the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom you all once lived in the passions of your flesh, all, and not just you, but we, I misread it, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, by grace, are you saved. Salvation. Saved from what? Wrath saved from our endemic sinfulness like all mankind. We are sons of disobedience. We are dead in trespasses, and we're saved. So the gospel is the gospel of your salvation. By this good news, we are set free from our trespasses by the blood of Jesus. So we end at the heart or you could say at the bottom, the foundation of the gospel is forgiveness of sins, freedom from God's wrath because of the blood of Jesus. That's the heart and bottom of the gospel. Now, will that be confirmed? What will we see next time when we focus on the very word gospel?